Welcome, welcome everybody. All right, so time for another episode here. <clears throat> same, you know, we're going to be talking about uh, the same topic. And the reason I'm really uh, just hammering in this love topic is because, right, uh, well, there's many reasons, right? But let's say, you know, uh, you go into a church, right? And let's say that in that church, there are people who seem, let's see, how should I put this? Normal. Uh, just like everybody else out in the world, uh, they, when you poke them, right, when you just push them just a little bit, they instantly shift back to like being petty or ready to attack, right, or, or uh, things like that. Well, that's not really how Christians are meant to be, right? And so the most important part of the religion, right, is a relationship with God first, right? love the Lord your God, right, with your with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, right? And so that is why I'm going to be emphasizing and just stressing uh, just the word love and just the practicing of love and how that is and how and why that is so important as Christians today. Because when you keep your mind focused on things that you love, right, well, you're going to find your life brightening up. You're going to find your thoughts and you're just your all around energy right that you're putting out into the world it's going to be positive it's going to be good it's going to be bright just like the light of christ was right christ was not going around as some uh hum drudger saying oh the world is woe is the world my life is so hard oh no christ is going around saying you know blessed are blessed are the the meek blessed are the righteous blessed are the pure in heart uh, he says um Right. He's going around helping people. He's going around healing people, performing miracles, right, as he's teaching. And he's teaching the hard stuff, too, right, stuff people need to hear. Like, while I'm preaching about love, you know, that sounds, that's a pretty popular topic, right? Everybody likes to hear about love, right? But Christ is also preaching about uh, other real, real uh, topics like, you know, if, if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. Because if you continue to sin, your whole body will be thrown into hell, right? He talks about stuff like that. It's not exactly the nicest things to hear. People don't really tout that verse in churches too often because it's sort of, you know, it's a scary verse, right? So it's not what people really like to hear. And so, um, well, you'll find people fiddling with it a little bit, saying uh, all sorts of things. But the, the main focus is that love, right? You get the relationship with God. From there, you start building the love. These are the first two steps to becoming Christian, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? And so if you go into a church and they seem hostile, they seem uh, normal, right? Well, they can be Christians who are practicing and walking towards, you know, a higher level of Christianity, but uh, it's not exactly where Christians are aiming for to be ready to roll in the mud with the pigs, right? And I've said this before, but we're not looking to be like other people. We're not looking to act like other people. We're looking to embody the, the spirit, mind, act, body, actions, and words of Christ, right? We're trying to be like Christ, not identical to Christ, but like Christ, right? So that's very important to grasp as you walk through the days of your life that love, being loving towards people, keeping keeping your thoughts focused on 
maybe not so much what other people are talking or saying about you, but the dreams that you would love to have, right? Staying focused on what's important, staying focused on what you love in your life, right? And interestingly enough, right, if you look at uh, studies done on highly successful people who are touting their, uh, you know, like the ways of their life and how they, they got that life of happiness that they want to share with people, it's exactly what they're saying, right? They're saying focus on what you love, work hard to get what you love, keep yourself uh, joyous, right? Keep, keep a positive mindset, keep a positive attitude. Identical to exactly what Christ is saying. 2,400 years prior to, uh, that is an estimation of uh, the amount of years from today back back to when the Bible was theoretically published, right? Uh, right. They didn't have all these internet studies or right statistical data provided to them, right? All they had was uh, the words of Christ Jesus. Pretty profound when you look at how accurate and how... Uh, dead accurate, along with many, many uh, statistics, right? All the words of Christ are today, are being proven today by all these advanced uh, technologies and uh, computer algorithms that uh, were not available at the time. So pretty profound. But, right, so the reason, one one of the reasons Christ came was to really put the emphasis on the love and the religion and being loving and staying centered in that love staying, you know, uh, I, I just ran, bumped into a very rude lady myself. And, uh, you know what, instead of thinking about that rudeness, I'm going to think about, well, God loves her, you know, and stood and I'm not going to let it fester in my mind, right? This will, this will help me get through, you know, move on with my life. Who cares about one person, uh, trying to bring you down into the mud, right? It's not about that. It's about... All right. I'll be right back. All right. So as Christians, you know, we have to be careful not to allow ourselves to be led by... Uh, mortals, right, who are not our leaders. Our leaders are divine, right? They are uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? Maybe uh, one of the angels comes and brings a message from God, right? So the ways of God, right, are what we're going to imitate as Christians. So, right, be very careful, right? It's not going to help you in any way in your life to say, yeah, okay, let's, let's battle it out. Hey, let me sink to your level. It's just not going to help you. It's, you're going to lose time. You're going to lose energy. Nothing beneficial will come of it, right? And so this love that Christ is displaying as he is right walking the hard road, uh, traveling without really any, any sort of comfort with him, right? Uh, alone, right? Uh, et cetera, et cetera. As people are... Yeah, he's getting a lot of praise, right? Christ is getting a lot of praise, a lot of uh, worship, a lot of followers. But he's also getting ridicule and persecution. People, they, He comes to their houses sometimes and they mock him. They say, yeah, right, you're not going to raise this girl from the dead. And it says, in that verse, it says they laughed Christ to scorn, right? Uh, and so 
then uh right he he goes on and uh another town he comes to and they don't even want him there they say please please don't come here right so you can you can imagine right some of the stuff christ is putting up with for our benefit right for the benefit of the rest of the world right uh for god right and so that sort of fortitude, that sort of strength of will, that sort of perseverance, right? Christian uh, Perseverance is indeed a Christian trait. Perseverance is indeed a Christian trait. And so <clears throat> when you understand these things, right, you understand the reckless, you start to grasp the understanding of the reckless love of Christ. And when you start to grow that in your life, right, well, you start to become Christian. But, right, it's very important to understand that without practicing the ways of Christianity, you can't just pay the word Christianity lip service and that will make you Christian. You can't just pay the word Christianity uh, lip service and that will save your soul. So John three sixteen, uh, right? Anyone who believes, right? It's more like faith, right? But John three sixteen is translated as believe the word believe anyone who believes in the son of man. And anyone who has faith in the Son of Man, right? There are two different translations. One says believe, the other says faith. Faith is a lot more accurate. It's a lot more sincere. Faith is what you take with you through your entire life. Belief is that I believe that's a balloon out off in the distance. Uh, it turns out it wasn't, right? I believe the answer is, but I got the answer wrong, right? Believe is not really the accurate translation. Unless you believe like you believe that you need air to breathe, right? That is what Christ is talking about. A sincere love of God, right? <clears throat> a sincere love of the ways of God, right? And so when I'm talking about cultivating, growing, uh, a sincere commitment to the, the word love, the merit of love in your life, right? That <clears throat> is what God is talking about, right? And uh, I got I got a lot of uh, negative feedback from saying Joshua was conquering the land out of love. Josh, the book of Joshua is a very bloody book, and essentially he's going around conquering city after city. But you have to understand, right, to bring peace, right, well, there are, uh, well, it's time to put on the big boy pants, right? Put on the men, the put on the man pants, right? And yeah, you know, what Joshua did was horrible things, but you have to understand the level of criminality that was going on in the land. You have to understand how much crime, turmoil, oppression, how much evil was in the land to motivate God to rise up and raise up Joshua to go and say, hey, this is just not acceptable in my eyes anymore. I need you out of love to go and uh, set up a, a, a government that will bring peace, lower crime, and bring in, usher in that era of peace and prosperity and joy, and, right? And so understanding that it's a real, it's a very, it's a hard part of life, right? But that's part of being a man. And that's part of wisdom, right? Sometimes, yeah, in life, we have to make extremely hard choices. And the, those choices are hopefully made out of love, right? And if you, uh, well, you should be able to think up situations where you say, I, I hope I never have to face that situation. Because in that situation, I might have to make 
one bad, really bad call or another really bad call. But right, that's reality. So it's very easy to walk through life with sort of a blissful ignorance. And hey, uh, good for you if you can do that. But I think as as uh, at least some Christians are called to walk in a deep level of wisdom where, you know, you understand that the world is not all uh, sunshine and daisies. And sometimes people have really horrible things happen to them. And sometimes you'll be faced with extremely tough choices. And hopefully, right, you have been obeying God in your life because when you come to that point, right, God will have prepared you for that point if you have been following God. So when I'm talking about, right, the love of Christ, laying down his love, laying down his life for uh, mankind, right, this love that he's talking about is, well, it's, it's, uh, abundant right it's full body it's it's it took everything that christ christ had he poured it poured his entire life out of love right into his life and so christ did this to put a sincere emphasis on the loving right the love in the testament right he took the focus off following the mosaic law but the mosaic law is still really good to follow it's still really good for our lives right Christ says, I did not come to abolish the law or the prophets, right? That means any true Christian follows the whole Bible, but Christ is the Messiah, right? So he gets at least roughly, you know, 70% of your Christianity. Christ is 70% of the faith, 80% of the faith, 90% of the faith, something like that, right? you got to get the love. If you don't have that real love where you're willing to suffer for other people sometimes and say, I know that guy was really rude. I don't care. I'm just going to let it wash, wash, wash by me, pass, pass me by and, and not react to it. So I can have this teaching opportunity, right? If, if, if you're setting your goals, right. And your goal in your life is, Oh, I'm going to get back at this guy for saying something rude to me. You got to stop. You got to look at yourself in the mirror for a minute. You got to think, is that Christ? What, what Christ would want me to do one and two, you got to re elevate your goals just a little higher than the pig pen. Right. If you want to go on the pig pun, well, that's your free will. I hope you never go there. I'm telling you, don't go there. I'm telling you, pursue the realms of the divine. Pursue the higher elevated realms to, that will lead you to higher elevated divine life. Right. But uh, free will is just that. So some people, right, they'll say, hey, I'm Christian. And then they'll just run to the pig pen. And that's really sad because, you know, if they only understood what they were missing, if people could see what their lives would be with God, if mankind could only see what their lives would be with God, if they followed God, and then they looked, they could also look at what their life would not be, right? Not one person in all existence would not choose to live the godly life. I guarantee you that. And so understanding this, this love, this emphasis that Christ is just sort of hammering in to the, the New Testament. It is all over the New Testament. Paul is talking about it. All of the apostles are talking about it, right? Christ is talking about it. You got uh, John the Baptist talking about it. You got priests talking about it. Everybody's talking about the love, right? 
the love of Jesus Christ. That is the, the focus of uh, the Christian covenant, right? It's a focus. God is a God of love. Our covenants, our Christian covenants, our Christian faith is a faith, is a covenant of love. Okay, so I'm really emphasizing this because in the Old Testament, the Mosaic Law, and when you're reading the Old Testament, it can be very difficult to discern and see that in the Old Testament, right? And this is what happened with the Pharisees, right? They got the emphasis of the religion, the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees. They got the emphasis of their religion wrong, right? But the love is there in the Old Testament. And so I pulled up some Old Testament verses that I'm going to read to sort of show you that the love is there. But, right, when you're reading these little tidbits, right, and then you're reading, oh, about these wars and these great kings, right, it's very easy to get lost um, thinking, oh, well, Christianity is about warfare. Oh, Christianity is about being strong. Oh, Christianity is about being rich. No, right? Christianity can be applied to produce victory in any of these fields. But, right, the emphasis of Christianity, the core values of Christianity are love, right? So the love that is sometimes, right, it's hard to see in the Old Testament. Here's one verse in Deuteronomy 22.1. You shall not see your brother's ox or sheep going astray, and hide yourself from them. You shall certainly bring them back to your brother, right? And so the brother in this case is your neighbor, right? And what uh, another sort of recapping of this verse is, uh, if you see your neighbor's ox or sheep going astray, and there's something in your mind that might uh, right, uh, cause you to think about, well, maybe I should just let that sheep or ox go, right? Moses directs, he says, don't do that, right? And here's a very important part of Christianity. Moses is pointing to the thoughts. Moses is pointing to the feelings within a Christian temple, within our bodies, within our spirit, mind, body, actions, and words as Christians, right? You shall not see your brother's ox or sheep going astray and hide yourself from them, right? He's talking about your thoughts, your feelings. Maybe you're angry with your neighbor. You think, ah, I'll just let that guy's sheep go, right? That's what he's talking about. He's saying, don't be like that. He's saying, be more enriched in love than other people, right? And when you go and bring your neighbor's ox or sheep back to their, back to their uh, pen, back to their door, do it with a smile, right? Say, hey, you know, I'm so happy to set the example of Christianity in your life for you, right? It's a very, it's, if you've ever, uh, so when I was growing up, I had a neighbor that was deaf and sometimes, right, when uh, my parents were uh, scolding me or disciplining me, I would always think sometimes like, man, I wish I had those hearing aids and I could just flip them off, flip, flip my hearing off, right? But uh, sometimes that is a very useful tool to, to understand that what is going to come out of uh, people's mouths sometimes is not going to be what you want to hear, right? But part of being a ruler is not letting yourself be ruled. Christians shall rule many, but none shall rule over you. So if you're letting people rule over you with, with their words, if you're letting their words rule over your emotions, right, then you are indeed being ruled, 
great. And that's a really, really uh, important thing to understand, right? Don't let yourself be ruled by other people. Sometimes we listen to other people, right? Your boss tells you to do something. You say, of course, right? That's just saying, okay, right? You're not letting them rule over you, right? Sometimes you can, you, because you can also say, no way, man, I'm not going to do that. You can also say, absolutely not, right? So you're not like a slave. You're just choosing to go to work and obey your boss, right? And there is wisdom in obeying the boss sometimes, most of the time, right? But sometimes also uh, perhaps when the boss is irate or something, you will not obey them, right? And so understanding that is very important, right? We are Christians. We serve God first and foremost. doesn't matter if your mom calls up. doesn't matter if your dad calls up. doesn't matter who calls up and asks you to sin. The answer is, no, thank you. I serve God and God alone. And so understanding that is very important, right? So uh, this verse, right, when you see your ox going astray, it's pointing to creating and cultivating, building a mindfulness towards how, towards uh, both testaments, right, point how we are to treat each other in God's eyes, right? We're not trying to be like the rest of mankind and look how mankind does it, right? We're not learning from mankind. That would just lead to to uh, dust, right? Out of the dust you were formed and into the and into the dust you shall return. That is the reward for being mankind, right? And so Moses is trying to bring mindfulness to, to this love, to this uh, sort of different way of doing things, different different practices that Christians have in, in our lives, different ways that we react to certain things in our lives. We're not trying, and I, I keep saying this, but we're not trying to be like other people. We're trying to be like how God shows us to be. Sometimes that hard, that is hard, but I'll tell you, when you practice the ways of Christianity and you, and you realize, right, you're practicing them, you realize there's a little wisdom there and you've kindled that flame of wisdom. You've kindled that flame of the one true living God within your soul. And you're starting to realize, wow, these ways actually have real wisdom, real knowledge, real divine power behind them, real divine potency real divine, divine efficiency behind them. Well, that, that flame starts to grow. And when you grow that flame into a bonfire, right? Doors will open. Your life will change. Understanding that's very important, right? So Leviticus 25, okay? Uh, so uh, in Leviticus 25, it's talking about the religious holidays, right? And it's talking about uh, consecrating uh, the year of Jubilee. And so the year of Jubilee was a forgiveness of debts. It was it was release of of uh, slaves, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And so sort of, these are these are for uh, Christian Christians, right? Sort of, uh, it says to proclaim freedom throughout the whole land to all of its inhabitants, to celebrate our lives, to love our lives today and now. Not, I'm going to be miserable until I get my dream three years from now. Absolutely not. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to be jubilant, right? I'm going to 
celebrate the year of Jubilee today and all my life as I walk through my entire life, right? This is what that little flame of, of love, that little flame of Christianity will start doing. You'll start with a small amount of light and that light will grow and grow and grow until other people see it, until it starts to attract other people into your life, until it starts to bring to you allies, followers, people that will fight with you that say, I like this guy so much. I'll put my job on the line for this guy. I'll put my life on the line for this guy or girl, right? Yes, absolutely. Right. Uh, while, while the Bible uses the word man always, right? Of course it's, it's a uh, mankind is what it's talking about. So what it's talking about, right? What these, uh, verses are trying to point to is love and forming a very loving community centered on love that is hardworking and founded on the principles of the one true living God, holding to God's ways over any other ways out there, right? We're not trying to become masters of uh, the ways of mankind. We're trying to become disciplined at practicing the, the ways of God. And this will result in blessings being poured out into your life, right? A light. When you begin practicing the ways of Christianity accurately, right? That little light I've been talking about will grow into a radiant light that will attract people, right? It will be a light. Jesus says that it will be a light that cannot be hidden. Cannot be hidden. That's correct. People will know what you have. Uh, the servants of God, other Christians, will recognize the spirit of the one true living God dwelling within you. All right. Uh, Leviticus 25, 17. You shall not wrong one another, but you shall fear God, for I am the Lord. So this wrong one another, it goes into business, friendship, right? Competition, right? Competition. Uh, even let's say romantic competition. Hey, I have feelings for this lady, but they're not that strong feelings. I'm not going to wrong her by taking advantage of her, right? Keep going with that. See, when you keep practicing these ways of character, these ways of uh, the way, right? The ways of Jesus Christ, the world starts to change. People start to look different. You stop looking at people like like, well, hmm, like maybe I want to be that like that person because they have a lot of money. Or maybe I want to be like that person because, uh, man, they, they're uh, so successful in whatever area of their life, right? And you start looking at them like, wow, these people really need a little help from God. Wow, these people... They could use my help. They could use God's wisdom. They could use God's knowledge. And when you start to grasp, right, just how much everybody needs God, how badly they're seeking God without knowing it often, without knowing that God exists, the ways of God exist, pointing back to heaven and the divine realms of God's grace and mercy and love, right? They look lost. And... After you've practiced the Christian covenant for a good amount of time, don't be surprised if other people, and I mean this in no uh, degrading or, or uh, 
or attacking sense, but don't be surprised if they start looking like children. They start looking like lost little children, uh, looking for a father, looking for a guide, looking for someone to point them in the right direction. Uh, they look like nations crying out for help, having no clue which direction they should go for help. And there you are with what God has given you, and you are able to guide them, right? And so this puts you in a very powerful position. But while Christians, we are very powerful, we can pursue, you know, uh, uh, positions or careers of high power, of high finance, perfectly fine. But as a Christian, right, as a true Christian, we know that everything that we are has been surrendered over to the will of the one true, the living God, right? The divine being, right? God and God alone. And so we're not going to use our power in corrupt ways. We're not going to uh, bend, right? Someone says, I want you to bend the rules of your morality. And you say, not for all the kingdoms of the earth. No, thank you, right? You shall not wrong one another, right? This is not uh, attacking people to make them look small. These are petty practices of man that ought to be cut out of your life if you want a successful life, right? King David says, uh, love and bless your enemies, right? Let's, let, me, let me pull up. I'm about to butcher this verse, so let me uh, pull it up real quick. So it's going to be, uh oh, ah, okay, let's see. So it's Proverbs 25, So, all right. So Proverbs, if your enemies are starving, feed them some bread. If they're thirsty, give them water to drink. By doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads and the Lord will reward you. So uh, this is why, right? We love our enemies, right? And not only, right? We're not trying to heap burning coals on their heads, right? But if I can keep, I, if I can stay in that loving, happy state, right? And I don't have to leave it while my enemy's attacking me and I'm still sitting there loving my life, thinking my life's awesome, you know, everything's great. It's a powerful feeling. It's a powerful place to operate out of, right? That is a seat of love, right? And so it right, loving your enemies will also give you a preaching opportunity, a teaching opportunity to lead them home, right? It's all about the love, love, love of God, right? Uh, these verses in the Old Testament that are pointing to this deep life enriching love uh, keep going on, right? It says, if your brother becomes, this is Leviticus 25, 25, if your brother becomes poor and sells part of his property, then his nearest redeemer shall come and redeem what his brother has sold, right? And so this is talking about people who are struggling, 
who are losing their houses, who are losing their places to stay. What it says to do for a Christian brother is care about them, actually genuinely care about them and say, hey, uh, uh, no problem, man. I'll buy your house with an opportunity to allow you to pay me back for it. And you can, you can stay living there. I understand you just took a, a, uh, a financial blow and you're suffering. You're in a position of uh, suffering, right? But, right, understanding this is the foundation of the entire Christian faith. It's the foundation of that love that God is talking about, that God is pointing to. So make sure that you understand that, right? If you don't have it right, if you don't, if you aren't mindful of love throughout your day, I suggest, you know, meditating on love or thinking about love, thinking of loving things to say, thinking of ways to edify, bless, thinking of something that you might be able to do. Maybe you have your tithe money for the month and you are going to bless, you know, bless somebody who needs it, who you, who, who you can show them that you love them, right? Uh, so let's see, right? And so understanding this, right, how uh, important, right, these small little little uh, doctrines that Christianity is teaching and what lies behind them, the wisdom that lies behind them is extremely profound when put into practice, right? And some of them you have to practice to gain the wisdom of, right? Uh, so let's see. Right. So the, all these verses, right, they're pointing to that excellence in Christian character, that excellence in, and it could be in anything, right? That Christian character, you're going to build, grow, and discipline so that you can apply it to any field in your life, be it, being it family, romance, uh, a business, right? And what this will do is it will surround uh, yourself with other people who are Christian, right? Who are uh, good to you, right? Who you want in your life, people of character, people of uh, di disciplined people who are not just going to stab you in your back, right? Who you can trust, who are going to work with you, who are going to bless you, right? But we're not just solely looking for people who can help us, right? There is that sort of benevolent mentorship, that mentality of, uh, that philanthropic mentality. It's very important, right? Uh, and so understanding that and not losing sight of that as you grow in power, as you grow in finance, as you grow in influence, it's extremely important because what happens so often for mankind when you get involved with finance, greed, right? Uh, power, uh, maybe wrath, maybe et cetera, et cetera, right? Power can be uh, very diverse, right? Uh, is that you see mankind's nature that is very vulnerable to temptation, that is easily corruptible. You see about 80%, 90% of mankind being actually corrupted. And so what I use as an extremely useful tool uh, with temptation is when I, and I am, I'm, you know, uh, over 30, I'm 37 years old now. So I've had enough time to know where I am tempted and know where I better just stay away from it because 
I have a weakness there, a flaw, right? And so what I've used throughout my life uh, versus temptation is if I am not rock solid in that temptation, right? Uh, let's say alcohol, right? Uh, haven't been drinking for quite some time now. And, but, right, I do still think of maybe I should have a drink, right? And so that's not really a rock solid area. So I, I'm not going to put myself in situations, right, where I might be tempted to drink. I'm not going to go to a bar uh, with friends, right, at this time in my life. I'm, I'm not saying I'm an alcoholic, right, but I just, I, I'm really trying to stay focused on my preaching and sober. So anyways, uh, and there's many temptations, right, out there that can call you, right? Uh, some temptations you'll be rock solid on, you'll know, hey, I can, I can resist this 100%, no problem. And you can go and you can preach, right, to people and help them and lead them. But areas that you're weak, it's best to uh, sometimes avoid until you're ready to face down that sin and say, I'm ready to, with God, crush you, right? And so, right, and surrounding this, this, these Christian characters, right, it's what we want to build. It's what we want to find in our lives and surround ourselves with and build with, Right knowing that you can trust them, knowing that they are not going to fall to the worship of money and stab you in the back, something like that. It's very important, right? Right. And so redeeming your brothers and sisters is also implying that we're not causing each other to stumble or to take advantage of people. You're not trying to encourage your boss to have another drink so he gets fired and you get his job. That is opposite. It's opposite to Christianity. And it's a very interesting point when you analyze little tiny situations like this because they what i said might seem very small but contained within what i just said is a key to the kingdom of heaven right it it can if followed and expanded just slightly in your mind produce immortality if you follow it if you follow it and grasp it and love it right and so Christ is talking about being the way, the truth, and the life. You do not see Christ saying, uh, baiting people or tricking people or uh, right, lying to people, trying to cause people to sin. No, none of that. Christ has other people's best, best interest in their heart. Even the Pharisees, right? The people who uh, hate Christ and ended up murdering Christ, Jesus Christ is still preaching repentance and love and asking them to turn back from their sins before they face the greater damnation. And that is the root of love. It is the foundation of Christianity. It is the divine love that was reflected by Christ, right, through God, right? And understanding that's extremely important, right? We're not looking for immoral paths. We're looking for moral paths, uh, paths of character, paths of excellent character that we can travel on and, and clinging to those paths with all our life, right? Because that's where God wants us to travel on. So and this is 53. This is the last verse. Uh, we're going a little over this time. So he shall treat a hired worker. Uh, okay, he shall treat... Oh, okay. A hired worker year by year, he shall not treat them ruthlessly, right? Uh, and so it's talking about. 
Right. Okay. And if, if they are not redeemed by the means of work, then they and their children shall be released on the year of Jubilee. Right. So it's talking about, uh, helping each other succeed in life. It's talk. This is, this is a Leviticus, right? This is old Testament divine representations of divine love. Right. And so not treating people ruthlessly. Yeah. Not, uh, being a boss and saying, you, Hey, pick that up off the ground. You know, you may be able to get someone to do that. That doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. If you imagine God sees that and it looks like a little black patch of water and leaves sort of a bad taste in his mouth, he says, yuck, I'm going to spit that out. That's sort of correct. God loves love, right? And so there are nice ways to ask things or nice ways to go about things and right? Lording your power over other people is not one. Do not rule over others ruthlessly in the sight of God, right? We're trying to lead, lead our, lead our flock, right? And your flock is absolutely everyone who is brought into your life. Now you get to determine as a shepherd, right? If they're a wolf or if they're a sheep or if they're a fellow shepherd, right? But make sure not to be, uh, right? saying, oh, he's a, he's a competitor. He has a master's degree. I don't. It's a wolf. You're out of here, right? That is opposite to, to, to God, right? Opposite to the divine ways. So I'm going to keep pointing at these small little uh, nuances, right? These small little life occurrences that if you follow them and if you understand what I'm talking about, right, it is the way. It is the way to heaven. It is the way to the heart of the Father. And once you find the heart of the Father and choose to surrender your free will and walk and stay and remain in the heart of the Father, you have crossed out of death into life and life everlasting. You will be a denizen of heaven. And so uh, it also talks about helping other people, right? If you can't help them enough in seven years, uh, and they're, this is talking about slavery, but also, right, your workers, your workers, people you have under your charge by one way or another, right? It says we're trying to get them to, to be released. We're trying to build them up. After seven years on the year of Jubilee, it says to release them, right? A man worked for you seven years of his life. That's enough, right? So back in the slave trading days, right, the Christians would still release the slaves on the, on the year of Jubilee. Seven years was the maximum that a Christian would, would own a slave. And seven, after seven years, right, that person had earned their freedom. And I, living in America, right, I just absolutely love this, um, this uh, year of Jubilee uh, verse here where it says, right, okay, proclaim freedom throughout the entire land to all the inhabitants, right? We all love freedom. We all love uh, being in charge of our own lives and Sometimes, right, when you do have that boss who's jumping down your throat or a person jumping down your throat, I'm sure we've all been there, right? And they're just being rotten, right? God sees that rottenness and he doesn't like it much, right? So what I'm talking about is getting all that rottenness out so that you can fill yourself up with all the goodness and the love and the mercy of God. Okay, right. So treat those who God gives you to rule over well. This means your families, your friends, your co-workers, right? Christians, we start 
direct vicinity, right? Families, friends, coworkers, etc. Then we will continue to grow until we, uh, you know, are exalted by God into higher forms of of uh, rulership, right? And that's just where the ways of God lead. The ways of God do not lead sideways or uh, slowly progress you as as the ways of mankind. The ways of God will rocket you into acceleration in your life, exaltation in your life, the promises of God jumping off the pages of the Bible and into your life. 100% guarantee it. It's so profound when you start practicing the ways of God and you see them work and you see them break down the doors and do exactly what uh, the Bible says they do. So that's, that's it for today, guys. Blessings on you all. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, if there are ever any questions, comments, prayer requests, anything like that, you know, I'm here for God just to uh, serve you guys and uh, try and help to the best of my abilities. So uh, if there are any questions at the end of the stream, I uh, usually take them then. Uh, any verses you'd like me to go over, absolutely anything. Uh, otherwise, there's an email. You guys could shoot me an email. And... Um, that's about it. Never forget how much God loves each and every one of you. With God, right, all things are possible. With God, those dreams that might you might have said, hey, that's too hard for me. The doors will open. The way the stars will line up, right? The, the doors that you needed to open to get you through uh, the maze, right, that where it seemed... Like you could never get that dream. Like you were never going to get that dream. Well, God will show up and say, hey, here it is. Here's your shot, right? And so blessings on you all. Don't ever forget how much God loves you. Uh, and thanks for tuning in. And I will see you guys all next time.